The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. We took the week off. We had a bye week. We could have done a a podcast leading into the Baylor game, but we kind of thought, you know, we'd just kind of be repeating stuff that we talked about the week before, and we'll just we'll plan on doing one post Baylor. Uh, Oklahoma State thirty six twenty five win over Baylor on the road. Uh, Brian is actually joining us from the road. What's going on, man? Yeah, man, down here in Ardmore. We thought it would have been rude of us last week, you know, to to record from our luxurious vacation spots that, mm-hmm. you know, waves crashing. That to, no, we didn't go anywhere. We just didn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we, and that's the thing. I, I didn't want to. We could have done one last week, but we'd have been kind of regurgitating what we did during the bye week and people would have listened and and it would have been okay, but we felt it more appropriate to go ahead and uh, just kind of do a post Baylor. And then we'll look ahead a little bit to Texas tech because Oklahoma state, you know, uh, if we go back Brian to, uh, to our over unders that we put out this week, uh, I believe we hit on, uh, I hit on three. I missed, I missed two, but I'm okay with the two I missed on. um, Because if you look at the outcome, I think that's, I think that's okay. Uh, I took the under on Spencer turnovers. He only had one interception. I thought that, and, and we'll get into this because preliminarily, I don't know if that's a word, uh, preliminary, whatever. It is, now. it is now. Preliminarily, Spencer has played really well this year, and obviously he played well last year. I personally believe Saturday was a bit of a turning point. I know that statistically uh, it wasn't his best game, but – I thought I, I feel like that's kind of a turning point. You get past Baylor. So um rushing game, over or under hundred yards. I took the over. They were over. They had 166 total yards. Impressive. Again, I'm gonna say the same thing about Dominic Richardson. I personally believe that's the that's his best game of his career. Statistically, it's not. I know that Baylor twenty twenty was really good. Texas or TCU last year was really good, but I thought I thought the way he ran against that Baylor interior defensive line, picking up, what was it, uh, 73 yards. I thought he ran really well. Um, I think that's going to be a big turning point. Uh, Over or under 27 points, I took the over. They scored over 36 points. That's fun. Uh, Defense over or under allowing 400 yards of total offense. I took the under, and it was over. They combined, Baylor combined for 457 yards. And then rush defense over or under, I took the under, and they held Baylor to 112. So I guess I only missed one. Um, so it's, and the, it's an so, important game. And the game. one you missed though, the one you missed was for all intents and purposes, we did keep them under, uh, it was that last kind of play prevent defense yeah. that they got a lot of, a lot of yards in that. And you had the 75 yard on the fourth down, which I mean, 
Dave Aranda, man, he <laughs> he is gutsy. He said he had a couple play calls on Saturday that you're kind of like, what are you doing? You're on your own thirty yard line and you're going for it on like fourth and five, fourth and sixth. I mean, it worked. Right, it, it all it all ended up working out. They go for seventy yards on one play and a touchdown. They had a couple of big chunk plays. If you uh, if you go back through and just look at the stats, they they gained a lot of chunk yardage, which is yardage. It's not you know it's I'm not trying to I'm not trying to discredit anything, but you look at what they did going into it rushing the game, uh, rushing the ball. I think they averaged this is like two hundred and six point three or two hundred and three point six. One of those two on the season. Oklahoma State held them to one hundred and twelve yards. You know you look at. You look at the run game was really solid. Mason Cobb had a really good game. Xavier Benson is getting better each week. You look at Kendall Daniels. You look at the the rest of that defensive line. One of the best plays, you know, you had uh, Trace Ford driving the right tackle three or four yards into the backfield for Blake Shapin to turn around, and then there's Tyler Lacey, and then he turns around again. Oh, there's Colin Oliver. He turns around again. Oh, there's Trace Ford. You get the safety. The special teams was spectacular. Tom Hutton, really, really good. Obviously, Jaden Nixon, 98-yard touchdown run. That was – there were mistakes. There were there were things that need to be cleaned up and that will be cleaned up, and it's something we talked about. You know, we won't know what this Oklahoma State team is for another two to three weeks, but we got a pretty good look at what this Oklahoma State can, uh, Oklahoma State team can be. And, and Brian, I got to tell you, there will be mistakes made, right? There will be tough ta- – there will be tough teams. I'm not foolish enough to sit here and say that Oklahoma State's going to go undefeated, but this Oklahoma State team is going to be really good. They're going to be a tough team to beat every single week. Absolutely. There's no one that's going to come in. Texas isn't going to come in. It's like, oh, crap, here we go. Texas is going to come in here and mop the floor with us. We're not going to go to Norman and just get <laughs> – sorry. Uh, we're not going to go to Norman and just get the, you know, get our brains beat. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the beauty of of what Derek Mason has brought back to this team. It's been, you know, it's been tough on the guy. You know, that it's been stressful weeks since the beginning of the year uh, to get the defense back to. We held Baylor without scoring a touchdown in the first half. Three points. They got him on their first drive. Well, in the, after that, in the fourth quarter. Yeah, after that. So when you make teams, and, and we said this uh, about Jim Knowles' defense last year, when you make teams have to – you have to score enough points in two quarters to beat us. That is – that's very tough. I mean, you're, you're taking out half the game, and in this game we took out three quarters where they didn't score but one field goal. That's, that's going to set you up for success against – about everybody, but maybe Alabama could do that. Ohio State probably could probably score enough in one quarter, but most teams, that's tough. And did we score in every quarter? Uh, yeah, you had a touchdown in one. You had a touchdown in the safety in two. You had 17 in three, and then you kicked that field goal there in the fourth. Um, there you go. So you, you look at it. scoring this, four quarters. They're scoring two. This defense, there's still holes. It's like I talked about. This team isn't going to go undefeated. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, if, if there were a team that would have, it would have been last year's. I think last year's team's obviously better. But you look at each and every week, right? The corners are making a few less mistakes than they made in the previous week. You look at the you look at the linebackers. Mason Cobb gets better each week. Xavier Benson started off really he struggled to start the year, and then you get you get game two. He was a little bit better. Game three, a little bit better. Game four, he was really solid. 
you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do against Texas Tech. We actually got to talk to Mason Cobb last night, and Robert asked him, he asked him about Xavier Benson facing Texas Tech, and he said, oh, he is ready. He is, he is ready. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of giving us some insight into players like uh, Thompson and, you know, kind of what they do. And obviously it's a different coaching staff, you know, than, than when he was there. Um, I guess it'd be two, right, two different coaching staffs. Is that right? Have they had? Did they? That would be two of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, obviously different philosophies, but the same. Some of the same players are still there, but he's he's chomping at the bit. You look at the safeties, and they had a. There were a couple of bad plays, obviously, on Saturday where safeties get turned around or or burned by a Baldwin on the outside, fast Baylor receiver. But there, you know, there there are plays being made each week that weren't being played the week before. This defense is fine. It's, it, I don't want to say finally, but they're really starting to click when it matters. You're starting to get into the meat of the schedule. you got a, a pretty tough Big 12 slate coming up. I'm not saying anything that people don't already know, but it's starting to work. You know, you're know, you starting to see receivers click a little bit more. I was talking to, uh, called Marshall Evanson this morning. You, know, you look at Bryson Green, I think he only had two. Uh, yeah, he only had two receptions, but you know, one's for 32 and one's for a, an impressive Randy Moss-esque touchdown over a defender. You know, it's kind of starting to well, cl- click for him. Both catches were unbelievable catches. The touchdown gets your point. The other one saves John Paul from from uh, oh, oh going one. in front of the kangaroo court and paying <laughs> Max Fine for throwing a throwing a pass out of bounds when the guy's uh, you know now he threw. John Paul, I'll give him credit. He threw that ball where only his receiver could catch it. Maybe his, maybe a cheerleader. But yeah. if, if Bryson is 6'1 instead of 6'2 or whatever he's listed, he doesn't catch that ball as a heck of a catch. And I love it whenever we make those those unbelievable catches and they go to review and, and you get an OSU Cowboy making this unbelievable catch in slow motion from about 15 different angles. And getting you know confirmed. Casey, you know Casey Dunn goes, keep showing it. Yeah. There you go. Keep showing. Yeah. Braden Johnson with that impressive catch. And that's what's so impressive to me, right? Braden Johnson, I think he leads the, I want to say OSU or someone, I don't know, someone liked a tweet yesterday. It was a statistics tweet that Braden Johnson, I think, leads the nation and catches beyond 20 yards. I think he has, I think he has eight catches beyond 20 yards. I think that leads the nation. Uh, I may be wrong on that. I'll have to go back. I'll have to obviously double check that. But when you look at Spencer throws an interception, Leads to a touchdown. You're thinking, well, this is it. You know, came in the third quarter. Baylor's starting to click, and they were. That offense was really humming. They they played well in the third quarter. And so you're thinking, okay, well, it was a good run. You know, I, is he going to throw two? Is he going to throw three? What's going to happen? And I'll be damned. Casey Dunn draws up a 48-yard pass to Braden Johnson. First play, boom, all the way downfield. Now, it might have been a little underthrown, but Braden Johnson – Goes up, makes an impressive catch. He does step. I will say he was out. You know, the ball was not across the goal line when he stepped out. I'll that that up that referee. That was impressive. I, I'll call that. That was a that was an impressive catch. But then I think was it Spencer or Dom that gets into the end zone on that next play after that review? Yeah, I think that was uh, Dom going over the top. Uh, yes, yeah, I think that's what that was. So it puts him up thirty seventeen. You know, Spencer comes right back. Boom, boom, boom. You know, he played really well. It wasn't, again, and I want to get your thoughts on this because 
when you look at statistics, it was not Spencer's best game statistically. He's 20 of 29, that's good, but only 181 yards. You know, he he rushes 14 for 75, that's really solid, five and a half. I, I do wish he would take less hits, but he scores a touchdown. You know, he does enough. But when you look at mentally, when you look at coming back from everything he did against Baylor last year, and again, I'll, I'll still be in the camp, Spencer did not lose the Big 12 championship game for Oklahoma State. That did, you know, those those interceptions did not lead. I mean, I guess numerically, yes, but Spencer they they did not lose that game because Spencer threw those interceptions. And then you go back to the three he threw earlier in the year, but they ended up winning that game. Spencer throws one interception, you know, and there's I I think you can probably give him one interception a game and I think that's probably going to be that's probably going to be pretty forgiving. But he only has two on the year. Now you're getting into the meat of the Big Twelve, but I, I think mentally that was a that was a turning point game for Spencer. He gets over that bugaboo. He beats a, a top fifteen, top sixteen ranked team, depending on the rankings you want to look at. On the road in Waco, it was hot. You know, cramps started to pop up towards the end of the game, and and he held his own. He did well, and I I thought that's a, for him that could be a really sharp turning point for him moving forward. I 100% agree. I want to add, I'm going to put uh, Dom Richardson in this same little bubble here of, and you said it early, turning points, but I think it's, it's mentally. It's not like they're getting healthier. It's not like they, uh, you know, he's developed some new spin move that we're going to use the rest of the year. No, we took the ball straight at them. And, and, and hopefully there's a turning point for the offensive line as well to show, guys, we can do this. You can run the ball at will when the other team knows you're going to do it. I thought Casey Dunn uh, did a fantastic job of not getting predictable whenever we were up 23-10. to 10. Um, You know, we, we are up 16-3, get the ball to start the second half, take the uh, opening kickoff. Jaden Nixon takes it um, all the way down the field. Who was that? Who, who, who took it back? That would be Jaden Nixon. Yeah, you better believe it. Yeah, right. And um, that was the fifth, I think it was fourth or fifth fastest, fastest clock miles per hour in college football this last, this last weekend. Unfortunately, we gave up the number one fastest clock person with the ball in their hands uh, on the, uh, that 75 yard touchdown. He was like 20, almost 23 miles an hour. That's insane. But almost speeding in a, in a school zone. But well, and it goes faster if he doesn't get stumbled up. Oh yeah, J- no, Jaden, he was flying. Yeah. I mean, and then as soon as he broke past the the kicker slash whoever else it was that that stumbled him, I mean, whoever it was that was chasing was running full speed. And like Gundy said, in two steps, he was pulling away from him. It was it was crazy. But um, you know, running game, and I think Ollie Gordon gets a a mental boost here as well. I know he puts one on the turf and. Zach, I don't know if I've ever seen a ball spin like that on the ground for as long as it did, and it's like nobody moved toward it. And Lord love you, Spencer Sanders, for not pulling a Cam Newton, not making a business decision and saying, yeah, I'm going to pull up and not get that. That dude went head first. He's keeping the ball. Like, Spencer, he gained a lot of respect. In he Not like he didn't have all the respect of the guys, but you know he gained a lot of respect by diving headfirst on a fumble 
and two Baylor linebackers coming in and meeting him head on for that fumble and him holding on to it, dude is dude's impressive. Yeah. I mean, just he he takes he has finally taken on that college quarterback and I know OSU fans can't stand the guy. I really root against him in the pros. But Baker Mayfield down at, at OU for all of his antics, for all of his his uh, bad sportsmanship, there wasn't a dude on OU's team that year that wouldn't have laid it down for Baker Mayfield. And Tim Tebow back at Florida, Spencer has taken – he is that guy for OSU. And it's beautiful to watch because that's what a college needs. You have to have that raw rock. One of our favorite quarterbacks that has ever come through here, Taylor Cornelius, didn't have that, right? He was the quiet leader. I think Clint Shelf is, is on record saying he was the quiet leader. Spencer will get in faces. Spencer will get rah-rah. He'll get uh, pumped up after touchdowns, and you know he was pumped after after recovering that fumble. Yeah, it was almost kind of like a perfect storm fumble. You know, Ollie gets the, the ball popped out, but – the defense is all on the other side of the of the play. You've got the ball, you know, spurts out almost directly behind Ollie's body, not directly behind him, mm-hmm. but behind the body. Uh, the offensive line's still blocking, so like they're blocking the view of the ball from people on the right side of the field. And that's one of those plays when you go back, you know, and Spencer, he he takes the ball around the edge, and instead of sliding, he's going to lower his shoulder and just kind of dive into the teeth of the linebackers. Those are those are plays where you're just like, what are you doing? You understand it. He's super competitive. He's probably the most competitive right. guy on the team. So like, if you if you take the possible injury side effects out of it, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, cool. That makes sense. That's something that I would do. You know, I, I get that. I, I understand that. But you're kind of like, come on, what are you doing? Don't get hurt. That's that play. You know, diving head first. And that's the first thing you saw on Twitter. When you when you jumped on Twitter after that play was over, it was all anyone was talking about. Wow, Spencer, head first. Didn't, you know, no regards to the body, you know, no regards to injury. He's going to jump on that ball. And if you go back to when that happened, the offense Baylor was clicking. You know, if Baylor if Baylor gets that ball back right there, they're probably going to go down and score and it's probably going to be a different ball game. There were there were a handful of moments in that game that solidified the win for Oklahoma State. Now there were moments where I don't I, I can't sit here and say I was really confident that they would win leading into that moment, but after that moment I'm okay. I'm a little bit more confidence. You go to the uh, you go to the second quarter punt, Tom Hutton, and, and the article I wrote on uh, Pokes Report last night was about the uh, the importance of Tom Hutton. You know, the success that Oklahoma State is having this year is because of Tom Hutton. You know, Mike Gundy. It's uh, I think it's fourth and six. I think fourth and five, um, fourth and four. It's fourth and four from the Baylor thirty nine yard line, and Mike Gundy sends the punt team out there. And immediately Twitter blows up. What are we doing? Why are we conservative? It's fourth and four. What are we doing? We're on the Baylor 39. This isn't time to be conservative. But if you look, you go back the last two years, and everything that Tom Hutton has done 
I don't know if they're in, especially with Baylor. They were that defense was clicking. You know, Oklahoma State. They had a, the field goal or they had the touchdown in the first quarter and and only scored the nine in the second quarter. That Baylor defense was playing well. Hutton comes out there. He has his weird, funky backspin. Braylon Presley downs it on the two-yard line to play later. Brock Martin blows up the backfield. Uh, you get Reese running to the right. You get Kendall Daniels and Mason Cobb recording a sack. That's that, or the safety. That doesn't happen without Tom Hutton. You know, if you decide to go for it, you don't mm-hmm. get it. Baylor, all of a sudden, the momentum has flipped again. They're, I'm not going to say a guaranteed drive down the field, but you don't get the safety. You don't probably don't score on the next play. You get the ball back. You know, you don't you don't score again by the end of that uh, the end of that drive, and so or the end of the quarter. And then you get the uh, the punt at the end of the game. You know, if you just if you look at what he's done so far this year, where are those stats? He finished. He had five punts on Saturday, two hundred nine yards, an average of almost forty two yards a punt, um, tied for fifth fewest fifth fifth fewest punts in the FBS right now. He's got twenty on the year, eight hundred fifty three yards, average in about forty three yards a punt, and that's up. You go back. He was less than. It was less than 39 yards a punt as a freshman, and he had 40 and a half yards a punt as a sophomore. And then last year was really good. It was 42, almost 42 and a half yards a punt last year. So Tom has, has figured it out. The Oklahoma State does not have the success that they have this year or last year without Tom Hutton figuring it out. Yeah, and, and you got to you got to talk with him yesterday, right? I did. Yes. How was Mr. Tom Hutton? How was he feeling after? after having a kind of a, a showcase game. Yeah, it was good, you know, and he's he's obviously older and more mature, so he's not going to, you know, he's just going to accept what he's done because that's that's his job. So he was he was asked, I think Robert asked him about like what, you know, doing what you're supposed to do and the success that you have, you know, is that because you're older? Is that be, you know, where does that come from? And he goes, it's more so when I go out onto the field, I've got an understanding of what needs to happen and what can happen if I don't do it and what can happen if I do do it. So with the short yardage punts at a crucial time of the game that Coach Gunny talks about all the time, the percentage of the other team going down and scoring. I think it was a one-score game against Baylor, the crucial time of the game, and we had one of those punts. I knew it was a crucial punt, and I had to get it down there as deep as I can and stop them from scoring. My first year is sort of do whatever I'm told and hope for the best. So he <laughs> takes the credit, but it's more so I'm a good punter. I know what needs to happen because if I don't, I know the percentage of a team going down and scoring and it's not good. So I'm going to do what I have to do to help the team. And that's, that's Tom Hutton. And Gundy, I think he said, if it starts inside, and I don't remember if it was the five or the 10, but other teams have a 7% Analytics say they have a 7% chance of going all the way down. That is out of 14 times that you down somebody inside that 5 or 10. That is only one time they make it all the way down to the other end and score. That means 13 times you're getting the ball back with your offense, getting a chance probably somewhere between the 20s. You know, this side of the – especially this side of the 20, the other 20. You're getting a chance at a short field. Well, I don't know. If, I, don't, I, I don't know if you saw Adam Lunt's tweet. Uh, I think it was from Monday. He said, "This is how good Tom Hutton has been this year, excluding the Pine Bluff game. He had 19 punts. 11 of those were downed inside the 20. 
every punt, yeah. every punt from the opponent's side of the field has been downed inside the 20. All eight punts not downed inside the 20 came from the OSU 42 or worse. Punt from 42 was inside the 20, but included a 14-yard punt return. No, his his punts this year have been much higher. Uh, they've, um, they've been, you know, you get foot controlled. I mean, he's done this. This is the fourth year he's done this with this style of football. Mm-hmm. And something I saw him do in the game the other day was Baylor really didn't bring much of a of a punt rush no there wasn't a lot he of held on to the ball for another second second and a half let our guys get down there and then boomed it real high and um I, I think they fair caught that one you know typically you're told put the put your heels on the 10 put your heels on the five each coach has a different uh philosophy if you have to go back let it go the guy started on the 10 drifted back to the seven or eight he was going to catch it over his head because he knew we had enough Enough guys, I think he took a step or two up to catch it then on the 9 or 10. But uh, he was going to fair catch it wherever he could so that we didn't down it on the 1 again. Yeah, I mean, you're having to – other teams are having to spend time on our punter. There's only so many allotted hours in a week to get ready for Oklahoma State. And you're having to – I'm not going to say waste some of it. You're having to spend some of it on our punt coverage. That's awesome. Yeah, and if you look at and if you look at the coverage team itself, those guys. I mean, uh, the, with the exception of Braylon, I think Mike says that as well. But all you look at the coverage team, and that's that's what they've done. You know, that's Oklahoma State has an incredible punt coverage team. You know, they're all experienced. They've done it for the past two or three years. And Braylon Nick or Braylon Presley was is built for that. I know he's he's smaller than than what he's listed on the roster, but that's the kind of stuff he did at at, at Bigsby. You know, I mean, this you you put that coverage team together with with Tom Hutton and, and Oklahoma State special teams this year. Tanner Brown, you know, I mean, it they're really clicking, and it, I I know Mike Gundy's loving that. I know he likes to take credit for special teams, but they're you go back three or four years ago, and Oklahoma State's like, man, what are we doing? You know, we used to we used to be so good at special teams, and and they're getting back there now, and I, I think it's great. Yeah, so two players that we saw on Saturday make make plays um, that are just growing up right in front of our eyes. Uh, one of them was a um, it, the the play goes kind of untalked about a little bit, but it was so huge was Mason Cobb shedding the tackle to break through. They had the edge sealed. That should have been a walk in touchdown, but Mason breaks through that tackle and goes and stops the guy on fourth down. Uh, and it's a turnover instead of a uh, instead of seven points, and I can't remember the the score at the time, but it either ties us or got them within one score. And then the other guy that has really just grown up right in front of us is Kendall Daniels, yeah. and he was the leading tackler on the safety, uh, and had another two plays that I know he got in the second half that he was the featured guy that they're circling on the on the um, TV afterwards as they're replaying the play saying Kendall Daniels is in the passing lane. Kendall Daniels is in the right spot uh, to break up the pass. And he has really taken on – him and Jason Taylor have really taken taken on those back two spots. Yeah, there's no question. You know, I mean – and that and that gets into that gets into corner play as well. You know, Corey Black is still figuring some stuff out, but he's making better plays than he did the week before. Same with Jabbar Muhammad, but 
you didn't hear those guys called a lot. You know, I know there was the there was the deep pass to uh, to Baldwin that was the touchdown that uh, Jason Taylor gets turned around on and he's diving at the last second and Corey Black's a few yards behind him. So I mean, there was that play and there were there were a few others. You know, the guys got burned on, but. I'm with you. I mean, it, with each with each week, you know, Mason Cobb gets a little better. You look at Kendall Daniels; he's more he's more you know level headed and figuring some stuff out. Same with uh, same with Xavier Benson, Jason Taylor. The interception that he had, you know, he he red shape in the whole way and and hauls it in. I, I this the defense is finally starting to click at the right time. Again, I hesitate to say finally, but. They're starting to click at the right time. You know, you're starting to get into the meat of the schedule. You got some, you got some pretty tough games coming up here in the next three to four weeks, and uh, we're going to take a look ahead a little bit to Texas Tech. But you know, the, the, Texas Tech has won some games, but I don't, I don't know if they're as good as as people originally thought they were going to be after they beat Texas. You know, they beat a good, or uh, I think they beat Houston, but Houston. They're they're not anywhere near what people thought they were going to be. But you got Texas Tech this weekend. You look ahead to next weekend. You go to TCU, and I depending on I, again. I don't know what the Big Twelve is. I, I think we got another two to three weeks because you look at Baylor. You look at TCU. Is TCU as good as everyone thinks they are for what they did to OU? I don't know if OU is as good as people think they are. But could they be? Maybe. Is Kansas as good as they are? Is Kansas State as good as they are? So, but Oklahoma State, you know, you go to TCU the next week, and then you get Texas for for homecoming. Is Texas as I don't want to say bad, but is Texas as down as as they really are? And then the following week, you go to Manhattan, and then the following week, you go to Lawrence. You got to, that's no longer a guaranteed win. And then you host Iowa State, so you get to breathe just a little bit, but. I think Iowa State's a little bit better than people thought they were they were going to be. So it's there's no easy outs uh, except for maybe West Virginia there in that last week for Oklahoma State. So they they got a they got a, a tough road to hoe starting with Tech this week. Well, you you wouldn't have looked at the schedule before the season and said that these four games here in the middle are the gauntlet part of the season. But the way it's set up, Texas Tech. They're probably not as good as a three and two record and and beat a ranked Texas says, but they're dangerous. Yeah, Donovan Smith is is a dangerous player. Any time that you play those quarterbacks, who essentially are are the offense, um, and the reason we say that he has two hundred and fourteen passing attempts on the year. To put that in context, Spencer Sanders, granted, he hasn't played a couple of fourth quarters or a has second only a hundred. Well, second half. He or only has 124. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he only has 124. Yep, so yep. almost half of what Donovan has. Donovan leads their team in rushes. He's their leading attempt. You know, rush attempt guy, not by yards. Uh, Thompson has the most yards, and Thompson's going to be interesting because the one game their big win is when he had his best game. So. They just they go from the big win. He has 17 rushes, 70 yards, and his only touchdown of the year. All the other games, he doesn't have more than 10 rushes. Okay, so you go from Texas. Let's kind of play this out. You go from Texas, a, a great win at home. Now you go to Kansas State, and they don't win. Thompson still goes six for 55, but only six rushes. So if you're their coaching staff, what are you going to try to get going? What are you going to try and, hey, let's see if this works. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's going to be 
let's get Thompson the ball early and see if OSU can stop him. He's kind of a kind of a thumper type back. He's six foot two twenty. Um, you know, a, a, a shorter Ollie Gordon. I mean, we've had some of those guys before, six foot two twenty. Your Julius Croslin, he was probably two forty, but he's not the he's not your little scat back. You know that that actually they kind of have at receiver. Their top three uh, receivers are all five six foot and below. So it's going to be it's it's diff, this is going to be a different game, and it's not one you, you never play Tech straight up all the way back to the Leach days. Uh, they're never just a straight up ground and pound. Let's see how you know. Baylor is is a little more of the traditional. They don't go for it on traditional downs, but from a run pass standpoint, Baylor was more 50-50. Tech is back to very heavy passing, but they're gonna they're gonna try to establish Thompson early. I think. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, you look at. <clears throat> I, I think you want to try to figure that out early. You know, I mean, you look at Oklahoma State and they're averaging. I think they're giving up. It's I don't know the exact number after the Baylor game. I'd have to let's see if they've uh, let's see if they've updated this here as a team. Um, they're giving up twenty three points a game. They're giving up a hundred and eleven yards a game, hundred and eleven and a half a game. When you look at Texas Tech rushing the ball, they haven't had a ton of success running the ball. Um, they're averaging just one hundred and thirteen point two. So if I'm if I'm McGuire, I I want to try to get that going early because you know the passing game is going to be there. You know if you can if you can catch Oklahoma State off guard and and if we're talking about this, Mike Gundy and you know they're all talking about it. Greg Richmond and, uh, and Derek I'm Mason. Pretty sure they wait for this podcast to come out before they get into the game plan. All those analysts that they have that probably look weeks ahead. Uh, discount all that. What does the Pokes Report podcast say? They're like, damn it, they've waited till Wednesday. It's short week, <laughs> short week. No, but uh, they haven't had a ton of success uh, overall running the ball, you know. So it's I, I, I kind of agree with you. If you can if you can get it going early, you know, try to throw them off, then that's something that you're going to want to try to do. But Oklahoma State has had a lot of success, and, and we knew they would, especially, especially now that Mason Cobb is starting to really click and Xavier Benson is starting to click and, and he's in the right spots. And we knew the defensive line was going to be good, but – they're finally starting to click, and and you're getting really, really good play out of them. And they're bottling neck, they're bottlenecking up the middle of the line and forcing you outside. And Mason Cobb is is playing really well outside the that fourth down, the the turnover on downs. They're saving the touchdown is is the perfect example of of what Mason Cobb can do this year. So, because I think that I, I think you're right. I mean, the passing game is going to be there. So why not why not try to see if you can get it going early? And if you can't, you know, I mean, obviously. You'll throw the ball and, and mix some runs in there to, to try to throw them off, but this is going to be an interesting game. I, I really think so. Tech is is it's this rivalry hatred game. Texas Tech can't stand Oklahoma State because they're convinced OSU has stolen all their traditions except for winning championships, and it's such a strange, such a strange thing. And and Oklahoma State fans, there's no love lost the other way either. So. Uh, Oklahoma State, you know, they sell the game out. I think it'll be packed. I'll be curious to see how many Texas Tech fans have traveled, but they do typically travel well, you know, so it'll it'll be a fun game. I'm certainly looking forward to it, but I I really don't know what to think. I'm not sure what kind of game it's going to be, but I do think it's all going to start and stop with Spencer Sanders. If he can go out there and, 
and play well and, and continue this play that he's had all year, then I, I think Oklahoma State should win. And I think, honestly, they should win easily. But I'm not trying to say that Texas Tech isn't a good football team, but this team starts and stops with Spencer, and he's he has been on to start the year. Think about this. This is their number one offensive guy is their quarterback. Yeah. Our number one offensive guy is our quarterback. Between Donovan and Spencer, give me Spencer all day. No I mean, question. you know, that that that's an obvious. Um, you know, take out the Missouri State game for Donovan and he only has that he has seven touchdowns and seven picks. Yeah. So he will give the ball up to the other team. Last year he started, let's see, he came in in the middle of the game two games before OSU. Then he started the game before OSU and had an outstanding game, 300-something yards. I remember Robert talking about him on on air, um, you know, that OSU is really going to have their hands full with this guy. And then we hold him to nine. We shut out Texas. We hold him to nine for 29 and like 83 yards. I think it was less than 100. It was the first time. I think the first time they've been shut out in Lubbock since like the mid-80s or something. Right. And so what Knowles was really able to do was take a freshman quarterback with that veteran defense last year and confuse the heck out of him. I think that's on Derek Mason again to do that. You know that if you have a quarterback that is, runs the ball the most on the other team, you're going to have a spy just about every play. Even if he drops back, there's design QB draws. So that's on Benson, that's on Cobb, that's on um, Nick Martin. If he gets in there, that's on Lamont Bishop. If he gets in there, those guys are going to be the spy. He's a big quarterback. You're going to have to take him down with the power. What I think Derek can do, especially now that, that Cobb and Benson are five games in, you can – you can really disguise who that spy is. Because as a quarterback, you're wanting to know. You always hear him in the in the NFL. You always hear him set the, the protections of this guy's the mic, you know, which means this guy's the middle linebacker. So you you set the protections that way. In college, you're not you don't have as many guys who go up to the line and check down and do this and that. I think Spencer has that ability and, and can do that. I think he probably has the green light to check in and out of every any play he wants. Um, but I don't know that Donovan Smith is to that level. So I think you can disguise who the spy is and can, you know, any split second that you're throwing off the quarterback is a split second. He's not thinking about where he's throwing it. He's not thinking about Colin Oliver and Trace Ford playing meet you at the quarterback. Um, Tyler Lacey doing a stunt in the middle coming at him. I think our defensive line overwhelms their offensive line. And I think we really make this game tough on Smith. I think that you're going to hear a lot of pregame hype about him. But I think we are too overmatched for them on the line to to let him have an outstanding game. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, I, I'm curious to see what this defensive line does. And Baylor, I think Baylor probably has one of the best offensive lines in the in the Big 12 and Oklahoma State had a good game. They, it wasn't, you know, they didn't completely dominate Baylor, but they gave them all they wanted and more. And and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that uh, Oklahoma State defensive line can do against Texas Tech. So, uh, final thoughts here before we uh, before we get out of here, Brian. I'll uh, I'll give you the floor. I'm proud of Kansas for getting College Game Day in Lawrence for an undefeated matchup. Yeah. TCU, Kansas. That's really cool. Um, 
you you know, you really only hear about Kansas wins because they consistently beat Texas. But, uh, you know, they, they had the, the win against Duke in football, not in basketball. In football, they beat Duke. That, if that should have gotten college game day. But they get college game day. I think I think TCU goes in there and wins, setting up a undefeated matchup next week. I'll be down there. Jay and I have tickets. Bringing the families. Got another friend that's that's uh, coming up from Alito. Uh, he just moved there from Las Vegas. This is going to be kind of his first introduction into what big time UNLV doesn't count for big time college football. So this, he's been to an OSU game with me, but um, it's going to be him and his family's first chance at what big time college football looks like what game days look like I'm, we're real excited for that and TCU is now on the map I mean there's 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 beating OU and then there's embarrassing OU I'll always go for the latter especially if it's on ABC I'm good with that that's at least regional it's most likely national and you know that uh, ESPN is uh, sports center is going to show that over and over and over because it's on their flagship. And so the, the, the next four games, as you said earlier, Texas Tech, that's a, they're always tough. They're, they're never normal. Texas, you, they get Quinn Ewers back either this week against OU or, shockingly, and every, every OSU fan, as soon as Quinn Ewers went down, they said four to six weeks, you start going one, two, three, four, five. Oh, six weeks. That's funny. That's uh, that's when he comes to Stillwater. Oh, you always get those guys back. So, you know, and and they've got Bijan Robinson, a guy that is a first round running back. It's never easy. Yeah. Ever. You know, they're set up for him. And then at Kansas State, as you said, never easy. At Kansas, if this is, we're going to talk. I'm going to I'm going to beat this drum for the next for the next four weeks. This is the year for OSU fans. If you've ever had that, like. You know, we like to go to one road game a year. We like we like to see all the other uh, stadiums. The best time to go see those other stadiums is when it's going to be a wild atmosphere. For the first time in like 40 years, the game at Kansas could be a great atmosphere as far as Kansas goes, okay? I'm not going to put it up against, you know, an Oklahoma State home game, but it could this is this would be the year for OSU fans to travel to Kansas and see what's football like in Kansas and we should still win handily i think so It'll those be, are your next four next four games kind of the gauntlet of the season but i think OSU i think OSU still comes out 4 and 0 honestly yeah it's going to be interesting because when you look at you know Oklahoma state should win this week but what kind of TCU team do you want do you want an undefeated TCU team after going up to Lawrence and beating a pretty hot Kansas team? Do you want the do you want a momentum TCU down in Fort Worth undefeated or do you want a TCU team that just got embarrassed by Kansas? And it's not really an embarrassment anymore cuz Kansas is a good football team. So I didn't I didn't mean that hateful about Kansas, but I don't know what kind of TCU they're both going to be dangerous. Uh, a team that's coming off a win is going to be dangerous, a, a team that's coming off a loss to Kansas on the road is going to be dangerous. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure what TCU team I would like to face, but I'm I'm with you. I agree. I think that when you look at this Oklahoma State team, they at least should be undefeated going into Texas and that I think that game if you come out of that game with a win, 
then Kansas State's going to be the going to be the gauntlet. So it's it's going to be interesting. Yep. I'm I'm certainly looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun football. Uh, we got a home game. I'll be set up outside with Triple Play Sports. I'll be set up outside the Student Union on Saturday. So uh, come by and say hello. I know Brian is going to try to stop by. We had a we had a, we had a lot of fun there in that last 15 minute segment. So maybe maybe we can replicate that, huh? So about that, oh everybody in Oklahoma oh knows they know better than to have a wedding on a Saturday in the fall. Skip it. You're welcome. I just saved. I, love, I just saved. I would you, love. I just to saved you trouble. If I weren't the best man. You could skip it. He'll understand. That's a great point. I think what we'll do, I'll call in. We'll just do a, a, you know, I'll hop on air and just I'll tell you where I'm at. I'm on stage. He's going through the, you know, the I do. Put the air, put the air really yeah, put that, the AirPods in. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see if I can get a live interview from the bride and see how that goes. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great, uh, a great broadcast uh, that day. And um, let's let's beat Tech. Let's beat TCU. That's gonna be a fun one, man. I can't wait to go to TCU. Like, never been there. Have you ever been down there to Fort Worth for for a game? I have not, but I've heard Robert talk about it. And yeah, Texas Texas Christian University, it's not too Christian in the stands. Mm. Well, I'm hoping that they can uh, hoping that they take their defeat like Christians should. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, Brian, I appreciate you calling in. I know you're out on the road. You. You're a busy, busy man, so I appreciate you taking some time to uh, to record this podcast. And uh, what's a, give me a score prediction for next week. I know we're still early yet, but give me a score prediction. Yeah, I've got – I'm going to go 45-17. Okay, I like it. I'll, I'll go 40 – that's about what I was – I'll go 41-24. I'll go 41-24, okay. and I'll write that down, so I'll try to, I'll try hey, to remember that. Both of us giving Tanner Brown field goals. That dude has been – he he's been automatic to this point. I you know I don't necessarily believe in jinxes, but he's been that money. dude has been he has been money and has been a nice addition to to the team from a bring down the stress level. Yeah, just just like Tom Hutton, and I'll go out on a limb. I'll say forty one twenty four, and I'll go out on a limb and say they have another special teams touchdown in some form or fashion. Ooh. Oh, or very nice. or uh, maybe not a safety, or it'll be special teams sets up a touchdown on the next drive. Did OSU Sports and Info, did they give you the answer to your question? No, uh, bunch of jerks. No, so... I'll find out, though. I I'll think, talk to think, Kevin Clintworth. Yeah, I think Jay texted me because he saw that, and I think he said it was Tech. I think he said it was Tech. I don't remember the year, but that would be an interesting, you know, Tech going into the Tech week. So, uh, I think it was Tech... 2020 that we had a a safety and a special teams touchdown. I'll well, I'll ask Kevin Clintworth and see yep. if we can't try to confirm that, and we'll we'll go from there. So that's going to do it for the Pokesport podcast. We're going to get out of here. We'll talk to you next time here on PokesReport.com.